0: Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. Well, it's a brand new series today, and uh, I don't know if you guessed it. If you're new here, or or, or maybe uh, you weren't here when we talked about it last week. Maybe you weren't here for Easter. Uh, but uh, we're talking about death. Uh, we're talking about death, and we're going to in this series we're going to talk about we're going to talk about hell. We're going to talk about heaven. We're going to talk about the afterlife. We're going to talk about all that. Uh, but today, what we're going to do is kind of lay a foundation and, and talk about death. Uh, and, and here's let, let, let's just let's just get this out there, okay? Talking about death makes people really uncomfortable, okay? It's because it's, it's awkward, right? Like it's just it's weird. And so I want to I want to share a funny story. About my life and I want you to laugh even though it may make you uncomfortable okay but before we do that let's kind of like jump into this conversation I was driving around Virginia Beach one day and uh, I saw a sign on a building I think it was Aurora, Aurora Casket Company and I looked it up online and it's like it's a place that sells caskets Like, that's what they do, right? And so I started thinking, because if you have a mind like mine, you wander around all sorts of different kind of thoughts. And I thought to myself, I said, I wonder how weird it is to be a salesman at the Aurora Casket Company. Because what do you do when somebody walks in, right? Like, I'm so glad that you're here today. Would you like to try something on? (laughs) Go ahead and climb in and see if it fits. How, how, do you, how do you do that? What's it going to take? What's it going to take to get you in one of these <laughs> So weird. Like, how do you how do you do that, right? And, and it's a funny, and I say that because I've had personal experience in procuring a casket for someone, okay? This is the part that may make you uncomfortable, but I want you to know I'm okay with it because I know where she is and I've got confidence in God. So a few years ago, my mom passed away and we had to go to the funeral home and i had to pick out the casket okay so so the guy who's running the funeral home he's taking us around and he's showing us all these different caskets and and my mom was a was a bigger lady okay she was all of about 4 4 feet 11 inches tall but she was fairly wide okay she was a bigger lady and um and the guy the guy who is in charge of the whole funeral homes, he's shown us these caskets. And um, he comes to one and he says, Now, now, Josh, you, you know, in the last few years your, your mom put on some weight, so so she's a little bit bigger, and, and you might want to think about one of these extra wide caskets in case she wants a little room in there. And he does this, and I'm thinking, why does my mom need room? She's dead. Like, what do you want? Like, like he said, seriously, I promise you, Geneva. He looked at me and he said, in case she wants a little wiggle room. I said, no, nah, it's all right. Just just squeeze her in one of the standard ones, man. It's fine. Like, she don't care. She's fine. She's, she's all right. And I'm just thinking, really? Like, why did my mom do extra wide? Like, she did not care. Uh, anyway, we're talking about death today. Uh, talking about death. And you might be wondering, like, why are we talking about this? Because here's what I know about you. Uh, I know that you have questions about death. I know that if you're like me, there are times in your life where you're wondering, what happens when we die? What's heaven like? What's hell like? Like, is there a hell? Is that even real? Like, what is it all about? And, and so I, I just thought, you know, it'd be a great thing to just, right after Easter, right about t- right after talking about Jesus defeating death, when we're all on that high, let's talk about death and what happens Uh, when you die. And so today, uh today's just really today's a foundation. I want to get us all on the same page for the whole series. And so I want to lay a foundation. Next week we're gonna talk about hell. It's gonna be really good. It's not discouraging. I think you're really gonna enjoy it. So make sure you invite your friends and say, hey you should come to my church. It's preaching about hell. Uh don't tell them that. Just surprise them when they get here. Surprise. Uh, But the week after that we're talking about heaven. What, what is heaven like? What, what What is that experience? And then uh, the fourth week of the series is the last Sunday of April. We've got baptisms. Baptism Sunday, we do it right outside on the sidewalk, just like Pastor Hope said. It's an awesome day. If you've never been baptized, make sure that you uh, check that box and, and sign up for that. That's really fun. But on that day, we're going to talk about zombies, sort of. Uh, the question, do people, do people really come back from the dead? Like, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about, do people really come back from the dead? And then, and then this is the one I'm really excited about, okay? I think this is going to be fun. All right, I hope you think this is fun. Week five, first Sunday of May, we're going to do a Q and a just question and answer. Uh, where, where like, there might be questions I don't address that you have in the series. Questions about the afterlife, eternity, what's this like, who's this, What do my pets go to heaven? Those kinds of questions. Uh, just, here's what you do. Here's what we want you to do. We can go ahead and show the email address. Just send your questions to now what at verticalchurch.tv. If you have a question, you can send it anytime between now and whatever that first Sunday of May is to nowwhat. At verticalchurch.tv. We're going to put all those questions together and uh, and we're just going to answer them on that day. Uh, we may not get all of them done, but we'll get a bunch. Uh, and hopefully, uh, I think that'll be, I think it's going to be really fun. It's, it's going to be interesting. Here's why we're doing this because I think this is really important to say, and this is important for us all to know and, 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 and kind of grasp hold of this truth. Um, what you believe about tomorrow, and when we say tomorrow, we mean eternity, okay? What you believe about tomorrow will impact how you live today. What you believe about tomorrow will impact how you live today. Newsflash, this is not a secret, but you're going to die. (laughs) Everybody in the whole room, we are all going to die. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter how old you are right now. It doesn't matter what socioeconomic level you fit in. It doesn't matter your political persuasion or anything. We're all going to die. Welcome to Vertical Church, we're glad you're here today <laughs> Does he get more cheerful than this? Yes, today is it's going to end on a high note But first we've got to start here We're going to die You're going to die Now we don't know when We don't know We have no clue when Because we are not guaranteed when Some people get 70 years, 80 years, 90 years Some people get 100 years Some people get 20 years, 10 years Some people get less than one year. But the reality for every one of us, at some point, we are going to step into eternity. This life is going to end, and we're going to step across this life into something different. This is one of the things I want you to understand. Eternity is reality. Eternity is reality. And there's nothing you can do to stop it. You can fight against it. You can eat healthy. You can eat vegan. Emphasis on you can eat vegan. I'm going to eat dead cow all day long. You can eat vegan. You can go paleo, keto, plexus, all of that, non-gluten, non-dairy, non-taste. It doesn't matter. You can eat however you want to eat. You're going to die. It doesn't matter. It's not going to uh, stop death. You can work out. You can you can do Zumba, CrossFit, Yoga. I met a guy that does hot yoga. Do you know what hot yoga is? Hot yoga is where you do yoga in a room that's like 95 to 105 degrees. You know what I call that? Hell. Week two. There you go. Right? What is hell? Hell is doing hot yoga, amen. But but you don't understand, I can stand flat-footed and bend over and touch my toes. Well, I can eat Moose Tracks ice cream, and I'm going to see Jesus before you. So there you go, right? <laughs> it's cool. Like, you do that all day long, I'm going to go see Jesus. And so, um, anyway, anyway, you can, you can love exercise, but it's not going to stop death. Eventually, you're going to die. So what happens? What happens when you die? That's what we are want to talk about. So if you have a Bible, open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're just going to pick up uh, with verse 1. Now, make sure you're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, because yeah. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 is about sexual immorality, and you might be looking at that thinking, how in the world is he going to preach about death? Right. 1 Corinthians. Don't go to 1 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We're just going to jump into verse 1. While you're turning there, if you have a Bible, that's awesome. If you don't have a Bible, please let us know. we got Bibles waiting for you. We want to give you a Bible if you don't have one. Uh, if you've got a smartphone, you've got access to a Bible right there. Uh, and if not Nothing else. You can follow along on the screen behind me. Let me give you a little context. Uh, Corinthians, both First and Second Corinthians, is written by a guy named Paul. Uh, when we first meet Paul in the Bible, he is not a Christian. He does not follow Jesus in fact he is uh, actively waging uh, persecution and war against Christians but there's this just really cool story he gets radically transformed his life he sees Jesus and Jesus is like why, why are you persecuting me bro and he's like what are you talking about and so Jesus transforms his life turns him actually he was a, he's a he was a church destroyer and, and God transformed him into a church planter he started churches and he starts this church in Corinth and then they start having all these questions. What about this? Well, what's this look like? And scholars believe that there are sections of 1 Corinthians, like 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter uh, 4 and 5, where the question is, what happens when people die? Like, what, what's, what's going on? And so Paul is answering that, that question right here. So for verse 1, and what I'm going to do today is I'm just going to read a little bit, pause, emphasize a couple things, and then when we wrap it all up, we're going to see why, why this matters. Why does it even matter that we, have, uh, that, that we have confidence even after death? So check this out. Verse 1, Paul says, for we know, now Paul's right there, <laughs> we know, he says, he says, as followers of Jesus, this is not a wish, this is not a hope or a dream or an imagination. He says, what I'm telling you, we know this to be true. We have confidence in what I'm about to tell you. And, and, and what I want to do, like Paul said, we know. And if you don't know, I want to give you permission to have questions. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to present this today with all of the confidence that I have, because I know just like Paul, but if you don't know, If you're still like trying to, you know, put your toes in the water, like what is this Christianity thing? That's cool, man. You're welcome here. You can belong here long before you believe everything that we believe. Uh, We just want you to keep coming back. Amen? Amen. So he says, we know, look at this, uh, that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed. Now that word tent, it also means tabernacle, tabernacle. And it's a metaphor for the human body. It's, a, it, it's a, you know, a metaphor, an analogy. It's, it's a way of taking one thing and talking about something else. And it's important to understand what Paul is, is saying here. He's saying we are tents. He says you are a tent. I am a tent. And tents are temporary. Tents do not last forever. Now, the interesting thing about tents, if I can just kind of sidestep to a personal story, I'm not a big fan of camping. I don't, I don't really like going camping Hope loves going camping I, I, don't, I don't hate camping I just don't really love it all that much And I know you're thinking Well you just need to go camping with me Because people have said that to me before No, no, no You go be homeless with your family I'm going to go to a hotel And have a good time on my vacation And so So I just don't really enjoy camping And you're like Well why don't you really enjoy it Because I had the, one of the most miserable experiences of my life Camping in a tent Right This was horrible Um, Hope and I had been married about three years. We had Lex. He was, he was uh, like a year old at that time. And uh, he stayed with my in-laws, Hope's parents, and uh, Hope and I went camping. She said, you want to go camping? I thought, yeah, that sounds great. At that time, I was still open to the idea of going camping. And nobody told us, do not take your suburban dog into the woods and go camping. Because your dog is not used to all of the wood sounds, and he's going to freak out when you take him camping, which is exactly what happened to us. So we're in, the, we're in the tent. Our dog's in there with us, and she's just, like, running circles around the tent. We're trying to go to sleep. Finally, we get her calmed down, and she goes to sleep. And, and, I, and probably, like, I don't know, 6, 7 o'clock that morning, somewhere around there, I woke up, and I said, "Ho, oh, the tent leaked. It it rained last night and the tent leaked. My feet are soaking wet. And she said, it didn't rain last night. And I said, Yes, it did. My feet are wet. She said, I didn't hear it rain. I leaned up and smelled and my dog peed on me in the middle of the night. I don't like camping. I don't like tents, man. I'm not a big fan. Tents, tents are temporary. And and Paul says, let's get back to the message. Paul says, we are a tent. He says, you and I, we are tents. Tents are temporary. And they're being destroyed. He says again, for we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed. But look what he says. We have a building. Thank God it's not another tent. We have a building from God. And there's so much encouragement in this verse. Look at this. An eternal house in heaven not built by human hands. Here's what I know about human hands. No matter how good your builder is, he or she's going to jack something up in your house. How many of y'all have a bad builder story? Like somebody came to do some remodeling or you moved into a house that they just didn't quite build something right. There's a wall that's a little crooked or the, 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 the trim doesn't come together right. Like it's a little slanted, one's a little higher. You know what I'm saying? Why? Because human hands make mistakes. Even the best houses built by human hands have problems with them. Why? Because because human hands build things that are temporary. And Paul says, look, even though this tent that we live in is being destroyed and will be destroyed, we have confidence because we have a house not built by human hands, but built by God. And we're going to talk about heaven in another message, but here's the gist. We don't really know what it's like. We just know that it it is infinitely better than anything we could ever imagine. Why? Because it's built by God. It's not built by human hands. It's built by God, and when God builds something, it's not temporary. It's eternal, and there's some comfort in knowing that when we step out of this life and step into eternity, we're not stepping into some obscure place. We're stepping into a home built by the hands of God. It's eternal. It's, it's everlasting. So Paul keeps on going. Verse 2. Meanwhile, we groan. Anybody over 40, say Amen. You remember how you, like for those of you who are younger, remember how your parents would like sit down and stand up when you became a teenager? And they would, ugh. That's what Paul's saying. Like, we groan. We groan. Why? Because we're longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Why? Because we're tents. And tents are temporary. And tents start breaking down. You know what I mean? Tents have bad backs. (laughs) tents have a knee that gives out every once in a while like tents there's something with tents that they are not meant to last forever look what he goes verse 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 three this is a this is a mind revelation because when we are clothed we will not be found naked obviously (laughs) you don't have to be a bible scholar to understand when we're clothed you're not naked awesome paul verse four for while we are in this tent we groan and are burdened like Paul what is your problem like Paul do you need some antidepressants like you seem to be caught up on this like like, groaning and and burdened, right? Like, some of us understand this better than others. Uh, A couple weeks ago, uh, my son Lex, he swims on uh, the Tide swim team. It's an area swim team, and they swim at the YMCA a lot. They're not part of the Y, but they use the facility. And over in Mount Trashmore, uh, they have an outdoor pool that that part of the team uses. And because they want to swim in the wintertime, they put this gigantic, uh, like, vinyl plastic bubble over the pool. And it's the Tide parent responsibility to help tear down this giant bubble over the outside of this pool. It's like 6,000 pounds, and there's like 30 of us parents. We showed up, and we worked for like two and a half hours to tear it all down and and, and roll it up and put it on these carts, and, and we're pushing it different places, and, and I, I went, and I helped, and I realized over the next several days, my tent ain't what it used to be. <laughs> My tent was sore, man. You remember when you were a kid and you could jump on your bike and ride your bike all day, get home, and you were fine. But now I wake up in the middle of the night, go to the bathroom, pull my hamstring, and I'm out for six weeks. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Like our tents groan because <laughs> they're breaking down because tents are temporary. Tents are not meant to last Forever, no matter what you do, one day we're going to step into eternity, not because we're bad people, but because we're tense. Because we are tense. Look what Paul says. He goes on. He says, uh, for while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened. But because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. He, He hits at something we've all experienced. Inside of each and every one of us, there is this longing for eternity. There is this desire in us that longs for the eternal. Scripture says that God put eternity in the hearts of men and women, and we know this. If you've ever experienced a desire that nothing in this world satisfies, C.S. Lewis put it this way. He says this. He says, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. This is what Paul is is saying here. This world is full of all kinds of temporary pleasure. Some are sinful. Some are not sinful. Some are very, very pleasing and great, and God's like, have fun with that. That's awesome. Enjoy that. But none of them have the ability to bring permanent satisfaction and wholeness. That's why Paul says this. He says, he, 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 he says you know, we, we long to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling so that, look at this, this is, this is one of the key parts of this whole passage, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up, not by death. Life in the presence of God, life in a home built by his hands, knowing that in his time he is making everything right. And then look what it, this is, this is so key, verse 5. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God. God did this. God made our tents, and he made them to be tents, to be temporary, and he's making us an eternal home, and he's doing all of this, and he's swallowing up swallowing up our whole, whole life in life. And he says, the one who did this is God who has given us The Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Why do we talk about the Holy Spirit? Why is it so important that you receive the fullness of the Spirit? Why is it so, why do we, why in our discipleship series do we talk about receiving the the infilling of the Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit is a guarantee that what God has started in your life, He's going to finish. It's a deposit, not us to God. We are not making a down payment to God. God has made a down payment in us by putting the Holy Spirit in our lives to say, I will finish what I started in your life. When death comes, it's not the end. I'm building a home for you And so I want you to go ahead And before you get there I want you to experience what it's going to be like On the other side That's the part of the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit is the is the culture of heaven the, the, it's, it, it's, a, it's a foretaste If you, you know what I mean Like a, a preview of what our life is going to be like On the other side That's why the Holy Spirit lives in us Because God wants us to know that when you die You can rest assured Death will not swallow you up Life will he says and the way I want you to understand is I'm going to give you my spirit it's a guarantee a guarantee that I'm going to take care of you and then Paul says verse six therefore and of course uh, if you've ever heard me say this then you know what I'm going to say when you see the word therefore you got to find out what it's there for (laughs) that's Bible interpretation 101 right therefore what does that mean well in light of everything that we just said because we know that our earthly tents are decaying and, and, and being destroyed, but we have a home built by God and we know we're going to go to that home because he has already deposited his Holy Spirit in us, guaranteeing what is to come. Since we know this, he says, look, look what he says. He says, we are always confident. We are confident. We are, not, we are not those kind of people who shrink back in life, but we are confident. Why? Because we know in whom we have believed. And he has deposited his Spirit in us. So you might ask the question, well, that's great. What does that even matter? This all sounds wonderful. Like that's that's awesome. I really appreciate that. But how does that impact my life right now? What does that make it? How does what you say that sounds great? I'm excited. When I die, I'm going to fly and not fry, and the sweet by and by, and that's awesome. <laughs> but what does that do with my Mondays? How does that affect Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday? What does that matter? I'm a football fan. I love football. I really do. Uh, I, I, think it is, I think it is the pinnacle of team sports because it is, it, you have to rely on your teammates. Basketball, one person can take over the game. Baseball, it's one-on-one. You the pitcher, right? Like you can crank a home run and your teammates don't have to help you at all. But football, you are completely dependent on your teammates to block for you, to throw you the ball in the right place and all that. So I love football. And I was wondering, what is the worst defeat in the history of football? And it happened in 1916. Cumberland versus Georgia Tech. And we've got a, there's a picture of the scoreboard. Look at this, 222 <laughs> to nothing. <laughs> 222 to nothing. That is what we call, Where I grew up in West Virginia, a good old, please don't take offense to this, a good old fashion, butt whooping, right? <laughs> like that's what that is. Like Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech didn't throw a single pass in the entire game which if you know anything about Georgia Tech football, nothing's really changed. (laughs) They still don't throw passes. But anyway, uh, 222 to nothing. Look at this. It was 126 to nothing at halftime. They slacked off. Like, what happened in the second half? Did you get tired? Like, what happened? But no, no, no. They just destroyed them. If I'm the president of Cumberland College, I'm shutting down the football program. I'm kicking all those people out of the school. Like, what are you guys doing? This is an embarrassment. This scoreboard tells a story that cannot be denied. Georgia Tech completely annihilated. It wasn't even close. And you might think, well, wouldn't it be great if the church had a scoreboard? Wouldn't it be great if we had a scoreboard that said victory has already been secured? We don't have to worry about a a Nobody in this game was thinking in the fourth quarter, hey, they may come (laughs) back. No. (laughs) It was done before the first quarter. It was evidently, it was done before the game even started. Wouldn't it be great if we as the church had a scoreboard? And we do. And this is the picture of our scoreboard. This is the tomb they believe they laid Jesus in. This is our, this is our scoreboard. Because, see, they put Jesus in that hole when he was dead. But three days later, he came out alive. And he didn't teach people about death. He didn't write a book about death. He walked into death, and he came through death on the other side. He faced it. He didn't dodge it. He walked through it. And because he did, we can look at this and say, I don't think death's going to make a comeback. I don't think there's a fourth quarter comeback that death is going to make because Jesus completely annihilated and destroyed death. Now, where does it say that in the Bible? I'm so glad you asked. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. Check this out. Since the children have flesh and blood, that's you and me, since we're tents, he too shared in their humanity. He too became a tent. Now John will say it this way, we don't have this, John will say that that the son took on flesh and tabernacled, is what John will say, that he tabernacled among us, He, he took on a tent just like you and me, so that by his death, oh gosh this is so good, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus, when when he 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 took on the tent, just like all tents, tents are temporary, tents die. He took on the so that by his death he might break the power of him who held the power of death. That is the devil. And look at this, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery. By their fear of death. Jesus already broke the power of the devil, which was death, and he gave us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee, ahead of us experiencing death that says, I guarantee victory in your life. And then then the writer of Hebrews says, so that we don't have to live in slavery by our fear. And you don't have to live in slavery to death, not to not to fear, not to the devil, not to depression, not to addiction. not to anxiety, not to to worry, not to stress, none of that. Why? Because Jesus broke the power of death. Gave us the spirit as a guarantee that we can walk into Monday bold and confident and say, Monday, I own you because Jesus already broke the power of anything I'm going to face today. He's already broken the power. The score is done. The, de- the devil is not making a, a comeback. Sickness can't stop us. If sickness causes us to, to, to experience death, guess what? We're home with Jesus in a home not built by human hands. That's fine. You're still not getting the victory. Sickness, you've already been defeated. Death, you've already been crushed. Anxiety, you've already lost. Old habits that I can't seem to break, you've already been broken by the power of Jesus Christ. And he's given me his spirit as a guarantee. You know what that tells me? That tells me that Jesus didn't get out of that tomb so that you and I could come here and play church. He didn't get out of the tomb so that you and I could, could gather together and, and sing some songs and have some fellowship dinners and have a great time. He 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 walked out of the grave and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me so therefore go, Jesus says, and take this authority that I have, I have received. John 10, 10, Jesus says, the thief comes to what? To steal, kill, and destroy. He wields the power of death, but I have come that they may have life and life more abundantly. I want you to go and proclaim this authority that you have over everything that would set itself up against the purpose of God. That's why it matters that we know that we are confident that Jesus has already broken the power of death because I can walk into my Monday. I can walk into that office tomorrow and even though my boss may get on my nerves and even though the person down the hallway may have a bad attitude and a bad spirit on them, they do not have to ruin my day because I have victory over whatever it is they're carrying in here. I have the power over that. This is why it matters in the middle of the night on Tuesday when your kid's awake and crying and you can't get them to sleep and you're rocking them and you're wondering, God, I don't know if I'm ever going to get some sleep tonight. I know I have the victory. I do not have to let the fear and anxiety of what might be happening to my child to derail my relationship with God because he has already defeated the power of death. This is why it matters on your Tuesday. This is why it matters on your Wednesday when you're tired and worried and you're, you're fearful because you don't know if you're going to get that promotion and you've been working for it and you've been, you've been angling for it and you don't know how God's going to do and you've already piled up some financial bills and you don't know and the hospital's calling and the doctor's calling and you don't know how you're going to pay any of it and you're worried and you're stressed out and Jesus says, all authority has been given to me. Amen. I've already defeated the power that you're fighting right now. Walk in that victory. This is why it matters on Friday when you feel like throwing in the towel and giving up and you don't see any growth in your relationship with God. And you've already cussed out the neighbor 17 times because they keep parking in your parking spot. And you feel like everything's just going to pot. This is why it matters when the doctor says there's no hope for you to, to receive what it is that you're, that, that, that you're hoping. The test results came back negative. And you say, you know what? I don't know what God's going to do, but I have confidence in him that either he takes me home through death or he brings healing into my life. And this is a testimony that he's already defeated death for me. See, there are only two options in your life. There are only two options. And, and, and it's just this right here. Either death will destroy you or Jesus will destroy death for you. There There's the only two options. And the only difference is what do you do with Jesus? What do you do with Jesus? Either death will destroy you. Either what you're fighting will be your end. Or Jesus will destroy death for you. What do you do with Jesus? Let me pray for you this morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.